Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. I'm Sam Delaney. This is the latest Kevin Keegan Odyssey. Uh, we're going through page by page in forensic detail. Kevin Keegan's autobiography, My Life as an Electric Mouse. This is episode 32. I don't know where or when this ends. Uh, we hope you're still with us. But um, Kev's, <laughs> Kev's at Fulham now. And, um, we're just about to have Michael Jackson arrive to watch a match. Invited oh, yeah. along by Mohamed Al-Fayed. Mohamed Al-Fayed, of course, still reeling from the death of Dordi. And uh, and Diana, obviously, he's reached out to Kevin, brought him into Fulham, some kind of jester, Harlequin-type figure. And yeah. he's now um, attracted Michael Jackson into his web of, <laughs> of grief. As the Potentially the new Terry Mack. Possibly. Possibly that's what he's bringing him in for, to try and... You know, just test the water with him, yeah. see what it's like. And uh, Al Fire obviously got the the banter train going straight away by saying, uh, "Watch your asses, boys." <laughs> when, uh, I forgot when Jackson, about that. When Jackson arrived <laughs> in the mate. in the full of dressing room, yeah, <laughs> it's his mate, the most uh, significant figure in entertainment in the world at the yeah. time, and he's just done them all ends up. Watch your asses, boys. This one's a bender. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck hell. We were talking about that the other day. We were saying people used to always sing, didn't they? Don't bend down when Elton <laughs> is around or whatever. And yeah. um, I was having a chat with my brother about it. And he was going, it's funny, isn't it? How in the 70s and 80s, there was an assumption on the part of, you know, heterosexual society mm. that if you bent down to get in for any reason... Yeah. Then homosexual men would try to sodomize you. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. And uh, obviously, as late as the nineties, Al Fayed still thought this was was still suggesting this was the case. Yes. When in fact, Michael Jackson, even at his, you know, at his most physical best, was yeah. no match for a footballer. No. There's no way Michael Jackson could have overpowered. No, a footballer. No. If you look, if you and look at the, the the front cover of Thriller, there's you can look at Michael Jackson's arm that's coming out of his jacket, and his wrist is incredibly bone. thin. Even then, like Mr. He's like Mr. Burns. Yeah, there's nowhere Michael Jackson could overpower and sodomize uh, even a, a footballer in the third tier as Fulham were at the time. <laughs> Some of them are actually stronger, or certainly heavier. Yeah, exactly. It's a more physical game at that level, isn't it? But so, listen, I think you're right. Your assessment of his ability to forcibly bum <laughs> a, a footballer is correct. But 
But however many crimes and misdemeanours Michael Jackson engaged in in his life, I don't want to suggest, and this isn't because I'm scared of being sued by the Jackson estate, as you know, as I've documented before on, on these podcasts, I've got to. I've had dealings with the Jacksons, and we have a you very have, good relationship. Yeah. We have a good relationship. Uh, so it's not that. It's just it that is. I think I don't think he would have ever tried to have d- bummed a Fulham player, no. right? Forcibly, and I just don't. Also, and I know you don't want to either. Sort of, you know, contribute to that trope of gay men wanting, you know, wanting to bum everyone. It's just not yeah. the way it works. It, no, it never was. It never not even be. Jacko. No, because he was into kids. No, well, hang on. Uh, let I don't. Let's just not go down that avenue. Right. Oh, hang sorry. on. That's made it worse as well. Okay. The Which, point is, our fired shouldn't have made that joke. It no, was mean spirited. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the message we're putting across here. Um. Which one do you think you'd have fancied most, Chris Coleman? Um, probably. I mean, Chris Coleman. Um, it was a handsome man. I mean, yeah. he's a handsome man, isn't he? He was. Yeah. Never mind. Let's not dwell on that. Anyway, right. Um, so that that's happened. Kev says it was pointless trying to continue with my team talk. The players weren't listening to a word. Dazzled. By the presence of the King of Pop, obviously. Well, you wouldn't. Fucking, of course you wouldn't. You know, if you were getting, if you were a normal day at work, right, and the boss suddenly walked in with Michael, shouting the odds, swaggered in with Michael Jackson next to him, you would not listen. You would. There was no way you'd be able no, to just focus on what you were doing. You'd be like, "That's Michael fucking Jackson. What's it he doing even, here?" It wouldn't even need to be Michael Jackson to put you off if it was like Lionel Richie or even Ray Parker Jr. You wouldn't get yeah. any work done. You'd be like, "What you'd just the be so hell?" Yeah. yeah. Who are you going to call? <laughs> um, imagine that, though. If you if you ran a ghost-busting firm and the boss brought in Ray Parker Jr. to do a keynote yeah. speech sort of thing or training day. Right, it would really best, motivate you. I think that'd it would be motivate amazing. you big time, yeah. Yeah, anyway. You so, might have uh, a monthly a monthly event where each, each month they bring in a different inspirational figure. So, yeah. One meet, one week it might be, one month it might be, uh, what's the name, Yvette Fielding. Yeah, from Ghost Watch or whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah. And Sean the, Ryder, maybe. Sean's got an interest in spectres and spooks and aliens he, and stuff like that. He likes aliens he? more than ghosts, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's, it's but I'm, pot, though, isn't I'm it? sure he'd be, I'm sure he'd uh, happily engage in conversation about ghosts. He, if you, he was if on, he was on an episode. Up. He was on an episode. Oh, he was, Fielding, wasn't he? So, yeah, he, you know. they did ghost hunting with um, Black Grape or Happy Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. And then, obviously, once a year, baby's Christmas, they'd save up twenty grand. Remember to get Ray Parker Junior. He's not cheap. I've already explored I'm sure, this. I'm sure you could have got Ray Parker Junior. Junior cheaper than that, though. Ultimately, I mean, they've got their rate card, but... No, that's what I was quoted for, Ray Parker Jr. for the month. Yeah, you were quoted for him. That's I know, but you tried to quote... You Do you tried reckon to I book should him. have haggled? Yeah, definitely. All these Fuck. people are available for less. That never occurred to me, you know. I Always go in grand, half no of arguments. what they go. Okay, 20 grand. Listen, right. How much did you have? Between us, probably about 250 quid. Right, so you go, okay... 
I'll tell you what we've got. And you don't even say 250 quid. You say, You've I've got, got 100 quid. 100 quid, yeah. Because that way, you keep going back and forth and you, they'll settle on <clears> 250. <throat> you get what you wee up. They start yeah. at 20, 20 k yeah. and come uh, down and you rise up to 250. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you just meet, it's more or less in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I've learned a lesson there. Shit. Yeah. I might revive the man, for instance, and go back for yeah, the Yeah, I, I, I would try it. Okay. We are, uh, yeah, so he says, uh, the players weren't listening to a word, so I walked the King of Pop through the corridors of the old Stevenage Road stand <laughs> to make him a... <laughs> to Kevin Keegan Do you want to look Michael at the Jackson. Stevenage Road stand? <laughs> hey, Jacko, do you want to look at the Stevenage Road stand? <laughs> sure, why Have not? You ever... Would you like to meet a Tom Finney? <laughs> Do you want to see the statue of Johnny Haynes? He was the first. He was the first thousand pound footballer. <laughs> thousand sure. pounds! Wow, that's wow. a lot of money. What's that in bucks? He <laughs> <laughs> uh, says the the walls were decorated with black and white photographs of the games from the nineteen twenties. And stopping to look at the huge crowds, our guest of honour seemed fascinated by the fashions of the time. That's cool, he said. All these, all these guys like the same hats as me. <laughs> all the 1920s guys like the same hats as Michael. Yeah, and what's interesting is I've heard that off stage he also enjoyed a woodbine cigarette. Did he? Yeah, he liked to smoke woodbines. His whole look was inspired by football, British football supporters of the 1950s. Yeah. He used to sometimes carry on stage a wooden rattle that he would spin round during a rendition of Stranger in Moscow. (laughs) (laughs) Stranger in Moscow! Uh, then it was time for him to walk across the pitch holding up a full and branded umbrella to shield him from the sunlight (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my my lord the sun the sun the sun someone gotta give me a brolly I think I'm gonna melt (laughs) I'm gonna melt here at Craven Cottage Shamo I need my factor 50 and a brolly. Oh, I'll get uh, you a full and branded one. I don't give a fuck what it's branded with, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I lost my temper like that. That's your motherfucker. <laughs> um, holding up a full and branded umbrella while the crowd did a double take and a couple of people on the old putney end shouted for him to moonwalk. Oi! Oi! You can't! Oi! Do a fucking moonwalk, will ya? Do a moonwalk or fucking do one. Yeah? <laughs> what are they saying? I can't understand their gruff voices. Oh, I think they want you to do the moonwalk. Oh, I haven't done that in years. Well, you better do it because they're getting a bit aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> fucking do it. You fucking nuts. You fucking basket case. <laughs> Perform for us, you cunt. <laughs> uh Kev says, not your average day, that one. But we did win 2-0, and that oh. left us needing only one more victory to go up. Do you think he went, <laughs> when they scored? <laughs> Inevitably. 
<laughs> I wonder where the statue. I wonder where the statue of Michael Jackson is now, because it's not oh. outside Craven Cottage anymore. Nah. It got pulled down like Saddam Hussein's statue after that documentary, didn't it? Yeah. The, the little kids descended upon the the ground and pulled it down, threw yeah. their shoes at it, <laughs> <laughs> removed its head. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be lovely to find that out. That sounds like it could be a really good sort of documentary. Yeah. Like a quest for the again, Michael Jackson statue. But then again, perhaps not, because it's incredibly tainted now, Tudor. It's in the, the same room as, the, as Ed Miliband's Edstone that he, he created <laughs> during the 2015 election with his pledges on. The, uh, the statue of Michael Jackson has its own Wikipedia page, Sam. Right. Um, it, was, it left Fulham in 2014 when it went to the National Football Museum in Manchester it was removed from display in 2019 (laughs) on the 6th of March it was removed from the National Football Museum which I think will have been just shortly after that uh, documentary was aired yeah Yeah. it's probably been smelted down I've actually seen it now now I come to think of it I was in that museum a couple of years ago and I've seen it there it didn't look right then. Um, there's no place for that statue in football or nah. anywhere. No, no, exactly. It would be like, was there ever statues of um, Hitler in, in Germany? In the National Football Museum? <laughs> yeah. Did <laughs> they ever do? So. Didn't they do a one-off Hitler exhibition at one point? I'm not sure. <laughs> no. I think they rotate the rotate the exhibit, so it might have been there for a while, and then they, they replaced it with Michael Jackson. Yeah, and they the, keep uh, getting, they keep making bad calls PR wise, don't they? At that museum, <laughs> the football museum said the statue had been taken off display as part of ongoing plans to better represent football stories. <laughs> ongoing ba- plans to not have paedophiles in our fucking <laughs> tributes to paedophiles in our museum. Good, good policy. That good ongoing foot, plan. Ongoing plans to not have twelve foot representations of paedophiles in a football <laughs> museum. Yeah, yeah, they've they've read the room there, haven't they? Well done. Back to um, back to Kev. He's you know he's he's um, into the championship now. I think he'd gone up out of the third tier. Philippe Albert signed on loan from Newcastle. He's getting the old gang back together here, which was a great oh, yeah. coup. And Pete, Peter Beardsley also joined us at the age of thirty-seven. Ah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, he says Peter went. Uh, yeah, Peter came to say so Peter was new to London when we signed him on loan from Bolton Wanderers. Uh, I lent him my car one afternoon for him to pop out for a sandwich. Oh god. <laughs> lovely, lovely chicken wrap. <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't used to driving in the narrow streets around Craven Cottage with the cars tightly packed on both sides. Peter Beardsley can't drive down a road in a straight line. Where there's cars on either side. So very patronising to Northerners, this as well, especially coming from yeah. a Northerner and double gay like. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't used to it, you know, because in in the north, most roads aren't roads at all; they're just flattened fields. <laughs> yeah, dirt tracks. Yeah, <laughs> and you don't have to worry side. about other cars. You just see the the occasional Shire horse. <laughs> uh when he came back he looked a bit embarrassed and asked if I wanted the good news first or the bad news I asked him for the good news he said it was a lovely sandwich gaffer (laughs) (laughs) the bad news is there a repairs garage round here I looked at my car and the wing mirror was dangling off 
Oh, fuck's sake. Now, Beardley's been eating his chicken wrap while he's been driving there, I think. Yeah. Ooh, Took the wing mirror it. off. Um, but then England come calling. Kevin never got as far as the Premier League with Fulham. The project, which was yeah. going to be a five-year job, got weirlaid by the offer of the England job. Uh, Glenn Hoddle, of course, had been unceremoniously dismissed because he'd said bad things about uh, disabled ghosts. I think it was. <laughs> Look, the fact is, I have was, seen, uh, yeah, I've seen a ghost, and it was in a wheelchair, and it admitted to me that it was it it, uh, it had been crippled in the afterlife due to living an immoral life in uh, real life. Now, this this might come as a controversial statement, but I have never met a disabled ghost that I've liked. Now, I know that's not politically correct. But that's just how I feel, and I feel as though I need to express that. <laughs> oh, poor Glenn. I think Glenn was stitched up in that. Yeah, thing. yeah. he didn't read the room, though, did he? Got to he read the room. didn't read the room. It's like, Got don't, the you're in the manager, just stay stay away from your thoughts on disabled, disabled ghosts. ghosts, because people, people just want to know how you're going to fix England's left-back problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, just keep the conversation just to conventional ghosts if you need to. Yeah. Don't, yeah. you know, just vanilla ghosts. Don't divert away to. Yeah, I mean, if you want to have minorities. a little chat, show, show the fact that you, you know, you've got outside interest in football, show that you're a rounded individual. Yeah. So people say, what do you do to relax away from the game? And, you know, by all means say, I communicate with ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> don't, leave it don't. at that. Jalapeno. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. If you're going to talk about ghost minorities, try and you know represent them positively. If you're talking about ghosts of colour, you know you know be positive about them and don't fucking denigrate don't, them. Don't whatever you do say all ghosts are white because no. I know a lot of people think that because a lot of the ghosts that we see in popular culture are generally white. Yeah, right. That's just but, a trope, though, isn't it? Yeah, don't, just don't. Don't say it because it'll backfire. I don't know whether you. Yeah, I'm assuming they come in all colours, shapes, and yeah. sizes. Well, I mean, have you you've seen that that campaign in America, haven't you? Black Ghost Matter. Mm. That's that's a big thing now. And I think it's, and I'm 100 percent behind that. Me too. And I tell you something else as well. Female ghosts of you get them. Yes, you get these ideal so-called perfect and i'm doing quote marks on my fingers here yeah size eight female ghosts yeah 
But I want to say here and now that whether you are a size 8 ghost, a size 0 ghost, or a rounder-figured size 16 or 18 <clears throat> ghost, right? Yeah. All all female ghosts. ghosts. All female ghosts have value. Yeah. Right? All female ghosts have beauty. And no even female if it's just ghosts... In, even if it's just inner beauty sometimes. Inner beauty. Uh, you, you know, don't judge a, a female ghost on its dress size alone. Because... No. That's just ignorant. And yeah. I think it's high time we made a statement on this show about that. Yeah, there's far too much ghost body shaming goes on. Yeah. And uh, it needs to don't, end. Don't talk to me about ghosts <clears throat> being uh, beach ready, right? Ghosts g- ghosts can just go... Whatever you're like, as a, if you're listening to this and you're a ghost, a lady ghost, a she ghost, you go to the beach, girl, and you flaunt it, right? Yeah. And you don't worry about what society, what the patriarchy, what the multi-billion pound marketing industry is telling you you should or shouldn't look like. You're all beach ready, trust me. And if you don't want to flaunt it, you don't have to flaunt it. You don't have to flaunt it. If you want to, if you want to go to a beach hut your body. and make a nest and just have a kip for a bit, do in that. In a fucking, in a hut. Yeah, in your ghost, do that. In your ghost beach hut. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, do whatever you want to do. Up. Be yourself. Do you, think, do you think when they invited uh, Keegan along, because it was a, quite a rush job, because it, Hoddle yeah. went. The whole thing was a stitch up. Basically, Hoddle's England, I thought, were very good and showed a lot of promise. And we'd been good and very unlucky in the 98 World Cup. And so we were there we were qualifying for the Euros, and we had a couple of dodgy results, but it was only mm. like a draw against Bulgaria or something like that. And they thought, fuck, I think they were, the knives were out for him. And that's why he got stitched up with that quote, mm. right? And I think that they very quickly thought, fuck, we need an appointment that is going to straight away make us look good. A bit like the way that Boris Johnson got, somehow became <laughs> prime minister. Somehow, He's like, yeah. put the clown in charge that gets everyone kind of, you know, feeling upbeat. Not that I'm comparing to, because Kevin Keegan's a decent bloke and Boris Johnson isn't, but... So they've got Keegan along to FA headquarters. I don't know who's in charge in those days. It must have been post Graham Kelly and Burt Millerchip. But that, do you mm. think one of the first things they would have asked him about in his rushed interview was what his opinions were on ghosts and the afterlife? Um, I think they might have had to do due diligence on him, probably. Yeah, exactly. You've got to. Because You've got to in this day and age. You can't make the same mistake twice, can you? Hello, Kevin. Come in, sit down. We're delighted that you spared the time to come and talk to us. Now, you know, we can't avoid this. We can't swerve it, right? We're going to have to just tackle it head on. What are your opinions on disabled ghosts? I've got no problem with them whatsoever, Mr. Millichip. Never have done. You know, I used to play with corpses when I were a kid back in Doncaster. Right? And in a way, if you think about it, my attitude is... All the dead are disabled, aren't they? What bigger disability <laughs> is there than being dead? Oh, God. And I would play with those corpses till the cows came home, till my mum, my mum was calling me in for my tea. And I'd be, Mum, I'm still playing with the corpses. Can I just have five minutes more? And she'd say, it's going cold. Your beans are going cold, double K. And Not I'd as say, cold as these fellas. <laughs> Not as cold as these bastards, Mum. 
Oh, and yet somehow they still give him the job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, Kev. We we get what you're saying. That's all good, but probably best uh, not <laughs> to bring any of this corp stuff up whilst you are I- I- in position as England manager. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> I think. Can I bring Terry back in as my assistant? No. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, it's Terry. I've just seen on Teletext the great news. I'm on my way down now on the burger van. Um, maybe, maybe uh, just uh, pull over, Terry, because um, it's not quite as clean cut as that. I've already got me England tracksuit sorted. I picked I'm, it up I'm, on the way. I'm just a caretaker manager, Terry. Let's maybe wait and see if I get it appointed permanently. Don't make any big decisions yet. <laughs> what are you talking about? I've already sold the burger business to my cousin. <laughs> Again. <laughs> <laughs> he snapped it up. <laughs> um, where is it? Yeah, the, the England job became too difficult to resist. The morale of the national team was depressingly low after Glenn Hoddle's departure, and I was constantly being told I was the leading candidate from a short list of one. <laughs> All the time, there was the pressure from the media that it was wrong to have a part-time England manager. And the bandwagon started rolling even more forcefully after my first match. Uh, England needed to win, and we won 3-1 with Paul Scholes scoring a hat-trick. I'd given Scholes some shrewd, albeit recycled advice. Go out there, I said, and drop some grenades. I remember that. Of course, I remember Bill Shankly Mm. told him to do that, didn't he? Yeah. Um... Mr. Fire declared I could be his gift to the nation. You are my gift to the nation. I own Watch you. your asses, lads. <laughs> Kevin, as you probably know from the small detail in your contract, I now own you. But I am prepared to make you my gift to the nation. What? <laughs> Kevin. If it wasn't for this England opportunity, I was thinking of having you locked in a cage in the pet department on the fourth floor of Harrods, my department <laughs> store. You would be available for £25,000, but I would probably take 600 quid if pushed. <laughs> oh, well, spells. Uh, that sounds like a fate worse than death. I'll take the England job. <laughs> Uh, but Mr. Fire declared I could be his gift to the nation if I wanted to go. That took me by surprise because I thought he was totally against losing me. <laughs> but Mr. Fire, do you not want me to stay here and carry on the project that we're doing at Fulham? No, I want you to go. Go now. Quickly. <laughs> Fuck off. Now. <laughs> but I thought we were getting on well. I thought we enjoyed working together. No, go. It is for, what is it? Wait. England. Wait yes, one go. minute, Mr. Keegan. What are you? What are you doing? I am putting this bow on your head, for you are my <laughs> gift to the nation. <laughs> oh, I feel like a right price plonker. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> now go. Um, the FA had been chasing me from the start, and though I was going, not going to dance to the tune of the press, the Poland game had given me a taste of it. I knew I was onto a good thing at Craven Cottage, but patriot that I was, I was seduced by the idea that I could succeed where others had failed with my national team. Of course he did. That's Kevin Keegan in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, I can do this. Other people haven't done this. I'll do it with my boundless enthusiasm. It's like Boris Johnson and Brexit, isn't it? 
again. Oh, I don't know. Is it? I, I, there's still something a lot murkier about all of that. I think. But have well, you seen yeah. the documentary? Have you seen the documentary on Netflix, The Big Hack? That's just about dropped about this, Cambridge about Analytica. This, yeah. Oh man. And this is Jesus. the guy that he's just hired, right? Yeah. To uh, be his chief of staff, effectively. The the guy who ran Vote Leave. Yeah, but they're yeah. all they're all tied in together though. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. <laughs> fucking cat. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> fucking crept up when you were talking. I might watch that documentary, but I'm a bit worried that it might sour my mood. It will definitely. You'll be really. Livid. Maybe I'll. Yeah. I better not. You know how careful I have to be about my moods. Well, maybe it needs to be watched. Uh. Uh, anyway, back to Kevin Keegan. Stop talking about Boris Johnson. My mind was filled with exciting thoughts about what it would be like to go to Euro 2000 and actually win the damn thing. Or even better, the World Cup in Japan and South Korea two years later. Oh, God. Maybe I'd become the world's strongest man, just like my hero Jeff Capes. <laughs> Anything is possible. Um, he says, it turned Maybe out I was kidding myself. Maybe they redo superstars, and this time I wouldn't fall off the, b- bow, the bike. <laughs> I'd do it with the bow on my head that Mr. Firehead gave me. Uh it turned out I was kidding myself, but everyone is entitled to their dreams. Well, that's that's a beautiful sentiment, that I think, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone is entitled to their dreams, yeah, no matter are. who you are, what position mm. you're in in life. We can all dream. Uh, but then he starts to complain about the bizarre restrictions that the uh, the FA imposed on him when he became England manager. Right. <clears throat> I fully expected I'd be allowed to bring in my own people. Not Terry Mack, though. Doesn't mention Terry Mack. Right. So it was certainly an eye-opener when my first request, that Arthur Cox should be installed as my full-time number two, was rejected on the grounds he was too old. Blimey. Ageism there at the FA. Yeah. Too old, he says. The FA's technical director, (coughs) Howard Wilkinson. Oh, fucking Of course, Howard Wilkinson. (laughs) Explained they did not want anyone over the age of 60. There's never... never, um, Howard Wilkins is never very far away when, when madness comes yeah. calling in football, is he? Who could be behind this, Wilkinson? Have we mentioned the story about when he was Sunderland manager and he took he took a, a carrier bag in a, a team talk one day yeah. after training and it was full of stinging nettles. <laughs> and he said to them, right, this carrier bag's full of nettles. I am going to grasp the nettle. Who else is going <laughs> to grasp the nettle? And he stuck his hand in this carrier bag and pulled out these stinging nettles and waved them above his head, <laughs> put them back in the bag, and sort of pa- passed the- offered the bag up to the rest of the squad. And they're all like, fuck off. Nine. We're fucking doing that. No, mate. Sorry. No fear. No fear. They fucking sting like a bastard. And I no. bet he's got a load of... Uh, you know what? Over in his office, he's got a load of his own private dock leaves, I bet. <laughs> yeah. And we won't there. fucking see any of them. There's He'll keep them for himself. He yeah. got tears in his eyes. He'd be up there in thirty seconds. Fuck he also God. made the. He also got them all in one day for training, and got them all indoors and sat them all behind mm. a desk each, an individual desk, and just slammed a bit of wet clay, a lump of wet clay in front of each of them, and then just said, "Go on then, let's see what you see what you got." And that was yeah. it. The whole the training session was that, and then Cox another and one. He just showed them a video of. Those, you know, those starlings, is it, or swallows that all I fucking... I think it was... Fl- geese, wasn't that something flying in formation? Yeah, it was like, no, yeah. you know, like in the Carlin ad, they showed them all, you know, when they swoop and make shapes in the air? Yeah. It was that, yeah. Or was maybe that? it was geese, I don't know. It was some birds flying, 
And that was training yeah. for that day. I mean, it's basically like when your teacher at school has a hangover and just lets you watch, like, a film. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, the, the upshot of it all was that Sunderland um, were relegated on 19 points, which was the lowest ever tally yeah. in the Premier League at yeah. the time. Yeah, A record that was only beaten by ourselves three years later when we went down he with 15 points. He won the league points. with fucking Leeds, though, the mad bastard, well, didn't he? he? Did with somehow. a bang-fucking-shit team as well. I mean, you know, listen, no <clears throat> offence to... to the Leeds fans listening, but when you look at that team that won the league, it was a great team. Yeah. But there wasn't exactly any fucking. I mean, there was Cantona, I suppose, but there wasn't well, he, he any kind of big sparingly. superstars. Cantona came yeah. in and just he was on the bench a lot. I mean, they're um, fucking Lee Chapman up front, John Lukic in goal. Do you know what I mean? There was not fucking many Mel superstars. Sterland. Mel Sterland, yeah. Unbelievable. It was- it was it was kind of like the Leicester team from a few years ago. It was a really good um, team, you know, yeah. some of its parts and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're, we're, we're digressing a little bit. Howard Wilkinson said they didn't want anyone over the age of 60. Yet, if the same rules had been in place when Alex Ferguson was managing Manchester United, the most successful manager in the business would have been ushered out of Old Trafford with seven Premier League titles rather than 13. Bobby Robson would never have been allowed to manage Newcastle a second time. Vincente Del Bosque would have been finished in management 10 years before he won the World Cup with Spain. And the miracle of Leicester City's League Championship would never have happened because of some brain boxer's decision that Claudio <laughs> Ranieri at the age of 64 was past it. I had never heard such a load of cobblers in my entire life. So fuck off, Howard Wilkinson. You know nothing about the game. That's the reason why I'm still not England manager to this day. Howard fucking Wilkinson. <laughs> if I'd had Coxie by my side, anything would have been possible. And then he says, as if that wasn't absurd enough, Arthur was actually 59 when I appointed him in full time in May 1999 and didn't turn 60 till later that year. <laughs> Howard himself stayed in football until well into his 60s. (laughs) (laughs) God. Did they make Um, him work with someone else then? Did they give him a different assistant that wasn't of his choosing? Well, we haven't got to that bit yet because Kev still hasn't finished. Um, As for the average age of the gentleman who made up the FA committee, let's just say most of them have reached the point in life where it takes longer to rest than it does to get tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good that one double k underline that yeah put that in italics uh howard was an experienced football man and i thought he would understand i had a valid point plainly i misjudged the man <clears throat> he refused to budge sticking to his line that it was against the fa rules until funnily enough things turned sour for me and everything changed to suit sven goran erickson the next manager sven also wanted to bring in his own number two and the man he identified was todd grip how old was todd grip 62 <laughs> <laughs> what was what, what was Todd Grip's name again? What did that translate as? Wasn't it something yeah, unusual? It was, I think it was Strong Grip. <laughs> so there we go. Uh, there's there's no hint of bitterness from Kevin there about the England job whatsoever. We haven't even got into him managing the fucking England team yet. No, <laughs> oh, well, you know, all in good time. I know, but what I'm saying is, I'm not blaming us. I'm saying it's his fucking... Before we've yeah. actually got into the... Rea- he's already moaning. Yeah. It, well, he's just laying down his, his marker, isn't he, before he starts yeah. talking about what happened. Why he was undermined, yeah. The foundations clearly weren't strong enough. But uh, we've run out of time, so we'll have to get to that on the next episode. But yeah. we will get there eventually. We'll reach the end of this. He might have a sequel out by the time we fucking come to the end of this oh, one. Oh, I fucking hope so. 
definitely. Right, thank you for listening to this. Um, that that's it. Yeah, bye bye. Yeah, thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.